0: It's the Bart Winkler Show on CBS Sports Radio. Need a place to talk sports? You've come to the right place. CBS Sports Radio. Live from Milwaukee, it's Bart Winkler. Good evening, everybody. Great to be with you
1: here tonight. I'm going to say this. The first night that I don't say it, I'll actually be kind of sad when I start the show. But another busy night, and there's just a lot of things to keep up with, and if you're just uh, even if you're even if you're average an average fan of most sports, there's just a lot to keep up with. The NBA is having one tonight. There are some crazy games, some great finishes. Um, there's so much that I want. There's so much like that I want to talk about NBA that I just don't know that I'm going to get to tonight. There's a huge weekend in the NFL coming up with playoffs. And I really want to look at these games and talk about what the games are going to look like. Um, And then there's a bunch of teams that didn't make the playoffs. And I still, we still got to figure out like, what happened with Jacksonville? You know, what happened with a team like that? Some of these teams that didn't make the postseason, how and what's next? We're seeing what's next with one team with the Chicago Bears, where they're going to stick with Matt Eberflus, which is kind of a surprise, especially with how many coaches are available in the cycle, something we've been talking about a lot this week. And so that was kind of like, it was just like a slow drip of massive coach news. All of it kind of surprising, even, even though there were maybe some tea leaves there, some reports here, all of the news, when it actually happened, it was like, you know, that meme of that woman going, Oh, it was just kind of like, okay, this is really a thing now. And it's going to be hard for us to get accustomed to this way. And the bears thing, you know, very light. Cause this is what the bears do. They keep a, keep a coach and then draft a quarterback. And then next year they'll, they'll probably fire the coach uh, and then have a quarterback and go through this all over again. So we'll see. But Matt Eberflusi, he's safe uh, in Chicago, which you would think does. I mean, you want to do that right now? Jim Harbaugh floating around there. Mike Vrabel floating around. You want to do that right now, today? You want to do that right now? Okay, all right. Uh, Another name popped up, although I'm pretty sure he is going to stick to what he's saying and stay in that advisory role. I would be stunned if this man went anywhere else. And that was big news this morning. Pete Carroll. Pete Carroll is leaving the Seattle Seahawks, has had a nice run there. Uh, I think a lot of that you think of the Legion of Boom and Russell Wilson, and they won a Super Bowl. And then the next year, you know, they lose that Super Bowl to New England with that play from Malcolm Butler. And there's a lot of like, not not that they should have fired him after that, but there's a lot of things that you can look at with different teams after the fact and say, where did it go wrong? Or, wow, that had a bigger impact on the organization than we thought. And I've seen, I've seen Pete Carroll talk about it. I've seen pl- plenty of Seahawks talk about it where they talk about that game, that Super Bowl, how confident they were and they were going to win it. And then they did not and there was a long hangover for that. I think, to mention the Green Bay Packers, I think when they lost in Seattle, which led Seattle to that Super Bowl, and they had a 16-0 lead in the NFC Championship game, a bunch of things go wrong, onside kick, not recovered, all this stuff. I think that they took a long time to recover from that. So sometimes I think that maybe the like PTSD kind of things from a sports standpoint, obviously Uh in the moment you're like, Oh no, that's fine. We can overcome it. But then when you look back, you realize you couldn't. What's great about Pete Carroll's tenure is that he did kind of get a second shot at just proving how good of a coach he can be. Once they moved on from Russell Wilson reinvigorated with the team with Geno Smith, Pete Carroll somehow seeming younger every year, the last three years, And they didn't get to a Super Bowl, but it was still, they made a competitive team out of a team that not a lot of people thought would be competitive. And should they continue that trajectory, maybe they would get back to that point, but it's not going to be with Pete Carroll. So that was kind of, you know, shocking. There were some reports it might happen, but once it actually happened, it's like, whoa, uh, this is uh, different than what we're used to. And then the big one, some four or five hours ago was Nick Saban. And Nick Saban could have announced this um, at any point. He could have announced it on college game day when he was on. He could have announced it after the playoff loss. He could have announced it whenever. Uh, he could announce announced it before the season and made it like a year-long goodbye to Nick Saban party. But he just called a meeting earlier today and told his guys, I'm retiring. That's it for me. Uh, thank you. You know, you've made my life so special, all this stuff. But he did it. And obviously we found out about it. and put out a statement, you know, thank you, all this kind of stuff that you would expect, but it was very, it was just not flashy. It was not a flashy announcement in any way. And Nick Saban, now he's not coaching anymore. Nick Saban is no longer coaching at Alabama in that tenure. He's been there for 17 years. He's won 206 games. He's made over $120 million. They've won 11 sec championships. He won the coach of the year nationally twice he won the SEC coach of the year five times. And most importantly, he won six national championships. And this is a guy who has coached a lot of the NFL talent that we've seen over the last few years, including guys that we're seeing right now from Jalen Hurts to Tua to Derek Henry, Josh Jacobs, Jameer Gibbs, Eddie Lacey, Mark Ingram, Julio Jones, Amari Cooper, Devontae Smith, uh, Jerry Judy, Calvin Ridley, Jalen Waddle. Minka Fitzpatrick, Trayvon Diggs, Will Anderson Jr. These are just some of the names of the guys who have gone through his program and have become stars in the NFL, whether it's pro bowlers or all pros or whatever. There's record setters among that list. There's just a lot of great talent that has gone through Alabama, and a lot of that you can can, uh, credit Nick Saban coaching that talent. But also Nick Saban was an attractive guy to want to play for. You wanted to play for Nick Saban. You wanted to play for Alabama. You wanted to play for this dynasty. And it was a real edge in recruiting. Now the game of recruiting has changed a little bit. But Alabama was the place to go. If you wanted to win a title and you wanted your best shot as a pro, Nick Saban's Alabama was the place to be. And a lot of guys went through that factory, so to speak. And a lot of guys uh, made a lot of money from having that be their career path. Nick Saban did an incredible job just constantly winning his, uh, his conference, whether it was the division, they won that like a bunch of straight years, the conference championships I mentioned and the national championships are the ones that stick. And now, now you think, okay, what's next for Alabama? What's next for Nick Saban, all that stuff. Uh, Listening to some Hick at night just beforehand, Ryan Hickey, I think it would be great if there was a college football commissioner. I think it would be great if Nick Saban was that guy. I think hell's going to freeze over before uh, that ever happens, before uh, there is some sort of commissioner. Because the SEC and Big Ten now, if they ever say, let's have a college football commissioner, they would be willingly giving up power. And it's an attractive thought and maybe one that should have happened a long time ago, but I'm not sure. I think it's more likely that Nick Saban ends up where he's very natural anyway and that is as the long-term replacement for another legend in Lee Corso on college game day. I think his hits on Pat McAfee this year, kind of uh, guiding him into that terrain, I think you'll see Nick Saban on college game day. He'll still be involved in the game. He'll still be talking about that game. Will that be enough to satisfy him? We'll see, but he was willing to walk away in a year where they were so close. semifinal team. Overtime game, so close, but willing to walk away. So we're going to find out what's next for Nick Saban. 72 years old. Uh, I would say he's a youthful 72. What am I? I'm 39. I feel like if you did a body test, he might have a, like, I did a body. I'm 39. Uh, I shouldn't really even talk about this. It's my private health. I'm violating my own HIPAA rules. But I did a body, like, true age test, and it ain't 39. And It ain't lower than 39 either. It was not 50 yet, but I was like, oh, geez, Uh, I better lay off the donuts for at least the month of January and maybe uh, get on the treadmill a little more than once a month. So I'm just saying that, you know, some guys are, hey, 72 that, you know, go on and retire and, you know, never do anything ever again. But, you know, like I said, with Pete Carroll, I mean, that guy's probably even younger than the both of us. So when you look at what these guys are and the energy that they have and and good on them for that, we don't know what Nick Saban's future is going to hold. Alabama, and I think a lot of the conversation will turn to, well, who's going to be the next coach? And there's a lot of different names already, and there's a lot of names that are at established programs. But here's the thing about the Alabama job, at least after Nick Saban had it. First of all, you're replacing a legend, which is always hard for people. The rule is you want to be the legend to replace the legend. My longtime dream job, when people would ask me, what's your dream job uh, living in Milwaukee? You're probably well aware of Bob long longtime play-by-play announcer on the radio for the Milwaukee Brewers, was in Mr. Belvedere, was on Johnny Carson all the time, obviously Harry Doyle in Major League, uh, a lot of great commercials. And he, he, he got a lot of offers nationally. And he said, no, no, I'm, I'm calling the Brewers this is what I want to call. Now, I'm sure his life will be filled with regret because they never won anything ever for him. But he, uh, no, he's, he's, he loves it. But I always said, I want to be the one to replace Bob Uecker. And people would say, well, okay, you're not good enough to do that. And also, why would you want to take over for a legend? And I said, oh, that's what's perfect. I want to be the guy to take over for him. Then everybody can crap on me for a year. And then the real guy can take over, and then basically I'm doing him a favor, him or her a favor, and now they come in with no pressure. So my dream job would always be was always to be the guy to take over for Bob Euchre, just get uh, annihilated by the fans and reaction for not being Bob Euchre, and then pave the way for somebody else to come in, and then they could say, well, at least he's not Bart Winkler, he's no Bob Euchre. But he's not Bart Winkler, and maybe maybe that path will be true here on these airwaves. Who knows? Maybe I will inadvertently follow my dream. But that was always my dream, so it's going to be hard to replace Nick Saban. We'll get into the names of that coming up. I also wonder though, with Alabama, and th- there's there's maybe you got to be in a finite age to have this thought. I think because if you are. You know, if you're Nick Saban's age, if you've been around the block a few times, Alabama, you still might not think of Nick Saban first when you think of Alabama head coach. You might think of Bear Bryant. If you're really old, you might think of Frank Thomas or Wallace Wade. You know, this has been a program that has, way before Nick Saban, won their fair share of national championships. They won him in the 20s. They won him in the 30s. Got one in the 40s. Bear Bryant comes along, wins some in the 60s. Has a few years that are down by his standards. Rips off a couple more in the 70s. Uh, 92, they eke one out with Gene Stallings. But then since then, like, what I have known about Alabama in my life is Nick Saban and that's it. And... There's a lot of people younger than me where that will be a good thing because it's Nick Saban and that's it. If you're 20, 25, you know, maybe 30, from the time you became cognizant of college football, the, the whole sport, you know, you might grow up and watch your team a little bit or the team that your dad likes or your mom went to the school or your brother or whatever. And then you might be aware of your team. But then you start to see the bigger picture and, oh, the SEC, I'm familiar with these schools. I'm familiar with the Big Ten, the Big 12, the Pac 12. RIP. What I remember is 1992 was their last championship before uh, Nick Saban won one in 09. I never remembered Alabama being good. Alabama, my cognizant ears of following college football, you know, Stallings was there for a few years. Then Mike Dubose, uh, a couple other guys, Mike Shula gets a run. And now some of these, you know, wins got vacated over the fact, but they were never like, they weren't Alabama like they are now. I mean, what would they be comparable to? Like a, like an Auburn, like a, even a Florida. Um, They just, they just, they weren't, I'm trying to think of a team that you would compare to today's football, to the Alabama that I grew up with. They weren't, they weren't a national perennial contender. They'd be in a bowl game. They'd be in a, you know, a good bowl game or they'd win eight games and, you know plan December 29th or whatever but they were never they were never they weren't the Alabama that a lot of people may have grown up with and known and so as you look at this program i do sort of wonder if this is a program made by the program or if there's a this is a program made by the coach like is the is Alabama existing in and of itself a draw And you could say, well, obviously, and then you rip off all the national championships and all the accolades. But again, outside of the guys that I mentioned, uh, you know, Wallace and Thomas back in the day and Bear Bryant and uh, Nick Saban, there was the championship in 92. But other than that, they haven't. So I'm saying like, yes, they have all the gold. But if you take away most of the gold, they only have one of the, you know, I, I understand what I'm saying, but they've had really, like, the best coaches ever. Now, were they drawn to Alabama because it was Alabama? Is, is that in play? When Nick Saban's thinking, well, I want to coach at Alabama, I'm going to bolt Miami the Dolphins, I'm going to bolt LSU, you know, I've coached at Michigan State, I've coached at Toledo, I've coached at all these places, but Alabama is the pinnacle. And what it seems like to me, at first glance, with the names that are being rumored... With the names that are being targeted, it seems like Alabama is that draw because there's some names from a lot of schools that are already contenders themselves. Names that are already, they were already in the national championship playoffs. In the national championship, some of these names. Guys who earlier this season went out of their way to say, I love it here. I'm staying here forever. Even if that's the case, You know, one of the things I talked about with the NFL in the offseason is there's a lot of teams that love their quarterback, and they wouldn't trade him for anybody else in the league except Patrick Mahomes because Mahomes is at another level, and that might be where Alabama is, and I think we're going to find that out pretty quickly because there's a lot of guys right now making a lot of money that have a lot of success, that have a real nice job, that have no need to leave, but does the draw of Alabama – Bring them in, and then is that draw of Alabama for the players because it's Alabama, or because of the the next coach that they're going to get? I think it's very interesting to look at what exactly the draw is, and I get it. I, I as passionate fans, you know, I get all this. All these SEC schools, you know, you can start from the bottom and say, uh, passionate fans, they care more about this than the NFL. There's tradition, there's history, there, But along the way, Alabama's been stacked up. Because of just how great these coaches have been. So who's going to be the next one to follow Nick Saban? And then who are going to be the players to follow that coach? We're going to find out um, what Alabama wants. We're going to find out how much they're willing to pay. We're going to find out just exactly how much people are willing to let the receipts be retweeted and plastered all over the internet and newspapers for all the things they said that they've gone back on now. It is going to be very interesting, this road, this journey, to see who the next coach of the Alabama Crimson Tide is going to be. We'll talk about some of those names coming up. And if you want to reflect on Saban and what he's done, uh, I feel like we can bounce around a little bit tonight. I said yesterday, each show's a buffet. Want to talk some NBA, eat off that plate. Want to talk some NFL, eat off that plate. Uh, I think there's going to be a lot of people going for seconds, maybe thirds from the Nick Saban dish. 855-212-4227, 855-212-4CBS. I'm Bart Winkler. More coming up,
0: CBS Sports Radio. It's the Bart Winkler Show on CBS Sports Radio. One two three 2, go! This is the Bart Winkler Show. You can hear it Monday through Friday, nighttime and nationwide, 10 p.m. to 2 a.m. Eastern and 7 to 10 p.m. Pacific on CBS Sports Radio.
1: Nick Saban is retiring. That's the big news of the day in the world of sport. 855-212-4227, the longtime Alabama Crimson Tide head coach with uh, five rings on those fingers. For his national championship success among many other uh accolades uh for Nick Saban. Does he have six? Am I wrong on that, or does he have five? Did I screw that up? When you when you when you say five and then it's six, um like he's won so many times I can't even keep track. He's won six. My goodness. I, I remember I,
2: I think it's seven.
1: It, well, he's got at least six. God.
2: Is it eight? Might nice. has he won 10? <laughs> Might be nine. So obviously the six are at Alabama. The other one oh, yeah, yeah. was that was like the split with USC when he was at LSU about 20 years ago. Cuz he
1: passed Bear Bryant was the whole
2: deal. Yeah. Yeah. Um okay. but he's, he's tied him. but he's no but he's no Bear Bryant. Well, Bear, Bear Bryant would have been uh he wouldn't have been out coached by every other head coach in the NFL and been out in 2 years. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> we're we're not we're okay. we're not we're not talking about that tonight <laughs> We're not
1: going to um, talk about why Nick Saban's overrated Got it No, nah, it's a Nick Saban tribute show
2: it, I, I don't know I don't, Yeah, from, sure, why not from, I mean, from, 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 from he gets a night a, From a Milwaukee guy? I don't what, know What do you have towards the guy? I mean, I, I get it if you're maybe called from East Lansing Or, you know, Louisiana or Alabama But really? You got to
1: understand um, People in Wisconsin are thrilled tonight Because Nick Saban and the Crimson Tide are coming to Camp Randall next year in Madison, and now they're going to come without Nick Saban. So people are asking right away: Is Nick Saban ducking the Wisconsin Badgers?
2: Well, in all seriousness, and Luke Fickle, in all seriousness, and that's a fair question. But in all seriousness, (laughs) it's not. If I'm an overtime away from beating the national champion, and I know the likes of Corum and McCarthy and Harbaugh are going to be gone in 2024, and I was this close. To getting a national championship, number seven in school history for me and number eight overall. And you know that George is coming for me next year with all that is at stake, and you signed through, I don't know, 2029. Don't you think you come back? Well, this is kind of like what we talked about with Harbaugh the other day, too.
1: You've done so much. Once you've done the thing, is it worth going through all the pain again if the odds to do the thing again are small?
2: But he came so close, like like Harbaugh. It's kind of like a— um, he's seventy two. Yeah, yeah, I know. I, I get all that, but the, but a lot like,
1: of people have been making Jalen Milrow jokes today. <laughs> like he just he looked at the tape one last time and said, "I ain't coming back to this."
2: Well, Jalen Milrow saved his sorry ass this season. Okay, so Nick Saban better be on his That's hands true. and knees. Thank you, Jalen Milrow. And even though I liked to bench him early on, but here is the thing, Bart. Like Harbaugh goes out. On, you know that was. You know he's going out on top, man. Like, he won a national championship. He did something for Michigan that they hadn't been able to do in two and a half decades since Greasy, right? So, like, there's something to be said for that. If you're Saban, you came up short the last three years. You lost to Michigan, the eventual national champion. You lost in heartbreak fashion. Why wouldn't you want to avenge that? Why wouldn't you want to go out on top the way that Red Auerbach did, the way that Michael Jordan did, right? Well, you say it like it's easy. Well, when you have the pockets that Alabama has and you have the resources that he has— It's easier than most to win a national championship. I'll say that.
1: It's really hard to go out on top, man. I mean, we could have said that Belichick should have done it four
2: years ago. Well, see, now that's different because at least in the NFL, you're playing against other NFL-caliber teams every single week. If you're Alabama, you're basically always going to be one of the top ten teams because of the budget you have, because of the recruiting you have. You know, 70% of the games are against Cupcake Games anyway.
1: Well, not in the new SEC.
2: Yeah. Oh no, fair. that's fair.
1: Although, you, got, you got Texas and Oklahoma.
2: But Barton, all seriousness, I got a real problem with him having a contract till twenty twenty nine. Now, maybe there's. Yeah, Did he just sign that too? The, yeah, maybe there's something medical related that we don't know about, and that's fair. Then you got to come out and say it. You don't have to give details, but all you got to say is, "I'm retiring." Because my body will no longer allow me to do it. That's understandable at 72 years old. But don't sign a contract till 2029 and then come out, you know, very recently after and say, you know what, I just want to hang it up.
1: I'm just of the consensus normally that when someone who's 72 says, I'm just kind of tired of working, I'm like, all right, you don't work anymore. You know? 72. That's old. Uh, I shouldn't say old.
2: Well, let me tell you something. It's six years before the guy became president of the United States. It ain't that old. Well, our qualifications for president are different for college coaches. Well, let me tell you something. You should have more energy to run the country than you do running a football program. I am not touching that. Fair enough. I'm saying it. (laughs) Don't, don't, Don't put this on me. No, it came out of David Shepard's mouth. Bart Winkler didn't say that. If 72 is old for being a college head football coach, shouldn't we think differently about what it means to be president then?
1: I think my connection's bad. You want, <laughs> you
2: carry the rest of this listen, you don't have to say show. it. You don't have to say it, but you know I'm right. Let's uh let's talk about the guys who may
1: replace Nick Saban. Okay. Um there's some very interesting names coming up, and here's what's the most wild about it is they're all at great jobs. Now we have not heard from these people. We have not heard from their representatives, but we know. That Alabama seems to be the kind of job that they would jump a great job to go jump to. The odds, according to, I got bet online here, um, Dan Lanning, 3-1. to Dan Lanning's at Oregon. $20 million buyout if Alabama wants him. Dabo Sweeney's name is coming about. Dabo Sweeney at Alabama, that is unfathomable to me. But 4-1 to odds. Lane Kiffin. Could Lane Kiffin return? Has been at Ole Miss. They can win ten games, but they'll lose every year to Alabama and to Georgia. Is that going to be the norm forever? Or is he going to jump back to Alabama? Uh, Deion Sanders at six to one. That's to get you to spend some money. Kalen DeBoer at uh Washington, nine to one. Mike Norvell at sixteen to one. Oh, Florida State. Florida State would leave college football entirely if they can't get into this. They 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 like petition to go to the new XFL league if they can't get in uh, to the playoff and then lose their head coach Steve Sarkeesian thirty five to one what what was he leaving he's gonna go from Texas now to Alabama but that's the kind of job that this seems to be I want to play this specifically from Dan Lanning and this is from like October this is when uh and had that opening uh, when they got rid of Fisher and Dan Lanning. And I hate that college coaches do this. They always say, I'm staying here, I'm staying here forever. And then Dan Lanning, when he was asked about Texas A&M, pointed that out and then tripled down on, yes, I'm staying here forever. This is not this is not entirely recent, but it's from this year. Here's uh, Dan Lanning when asked about Texas A&M. They don't want egg on their face when they decide to do something else, right? Two, because they're concerned about things that I'm not concerned about, like getting a better contract. Like, I'm taking care of extremely well here at Oregon. I have the resources
0: I need here at Oregon to be really, really successful. I'm not motivated by that. I'm motivated by winning. I'm motivated by being elite here. Um, and our players deserve my complete
1: focus. Uh, our fans deserve the best uh, product on the field. So it's outside noise. It didn't matter before. It doesn't matter now. I'll continue to say it to I'm blue in the face. I want to be here at Oregon.
0: Uh, that hasn't changed. That won't change.
1: He makes you seem like he 100% believes it. And this is why I encourage the transfer portal and I encourage NIL and stuff like this, because he says that he has to say that you can't, you can't be the coach at a program and say, yeah, yeah, you can't say anything else. You almost have to go 100% all in and then another hundred percent if that's possible, because you don't, any sign that you might leave, you lose recruits and then you screw yourself over if that job never opens or if you don't get it. But he, I mean, the way that he tripled that's why I like that is that kids can leave now too. And maybe it's to follow that guy, but it was, it was bad for a long time when you, a coach would get in there, he'd, you know, come to your living room, talk to your parents, you know, talk to your high school coach, you know, really make it seem like he was a part of your family. And then three weeks later it would be like, ah, deuces, I can double my salary somewhere else, you know? And so that part of it is good that players can do that. But I'm just, I'm, I remember watching that from Lanning, which is why I wanted to bring it up because I was stunned. And, and I foolishly, I was like, oh, my God, I might believe this guy. But now he's the hot prospect. He's the hot name to go to Alabama. Again, he didn't say anything. But why are the odds so high? Because clearly the people that make, the, make these things think, think there's some interest. $20 million buyout if Alabama wants them. And why wouldn't they? What he's done with Oregon. So it seems like there will be no shortage of names. And this will be Alabama's uh, basically choice. All the girls want to go to prom with you. All you got to do is pick the pick the one whose dad is the least scary, I think. JC is in Illinois. What's
3: up, JC? Well, hello there. How are you guys doing? Oh, I'm good. How are you, sir? All right. Thank you so much for fielding my call. Now, I do go back to the days of Bear Bryant, and I do remember when he had Joe Namath. If I'm right, Joe Namath used to quarterback uh with Alabama. And I do remember when he decided that he would bring black ball players into his program. And at that point I thought his program and direction changed for the better when he brought in Tony Nathan, uh, who he, who he personally sought and recruited. And, and I knew the story of it and I began to appreciate him more as a person in a coach than, than before. Uh, now, let me fast forward to today. I do believe though that he's been eclipsed uh by the coach that's there now that's the that's destiny party and um I would like to see the guy either from Washington or Oregon to take that position. I think it would be an upgrade, and since we're talking about upgrades, I'm sorely disappointed. By the Chicago Bears. Oh uh, <laughs>
0: yeah. I would,
3: yeah. I would, and and I'm telling you, I'm telling you, this frustration is is really paramount among many of the fans here. We have a coach who's three years. I don't think he's gone a 500 percentage in his wins in three years, and yet you decide that you want to go with him. It's clear this year he did not have control of his team. There was one coach that resigned, one that was fired, and now you have two more that were fired today. It seems like the teams that were in trouble in the NFL, most of them have gone to firing and are looking to upgrade. Uh we had a guy you have a guy over in Seattle who's had successful programs for most of his career at Seattle and they told him he would no longer be on the sidelines for them. He could be in an advisory role, but but no longer do they want him on the sidelines. And in Chicago, where they're talking about upgrading the quarterback position when they should be upgrading the coaching position. You know, how many times do you want to reinvent the wheel? You have the wheel in the quarterback already, but you don't have him with the surrounding cast, that would make him to be a successful quarterback. Neither have you invested time with the proper coaches in the three years you've had him to bring him along and and hand school him to be a part of your system. And, and they have a chance now to get Marvin Harrison Jr. And that would be a book in on the other side of DJ Moore who they would have to double cover Marvin Harrison Jr. DJ Moore would have a field day and they could get the running back from Georgia and the, they could get the offensive lineman from Notre Dame and another one possibly from Alabama or Georgia. And, and then you would, the bears would have to be a team to be reckoned with. And then if you got Jim Harbaugh, which I don't know if he's even available anymore, he plays that smash mouth Chicago bear, football of running the ball, he mixes his offensive, you know, his offense and he's an exacting type of coach. Well,
1: and I think, I think uh, yeah, I think JC, I think a lot of people are, are with you. Hey, good. Thanks for the call, man. It's JC in Illinois talking some bears here too. Just a quick note on that is if you're going to uh, stick with Eberflus, then that signals to me, you're sticking with fields because you just made the same mistake before you drafted Fields and then had Nagy and then fired Nagy for two more years of Eberflues to try to develop Fields. And so if you're going to have a new head coach with Fields again, you want him to have his third head coach. If you want some consistency, but also like is Fields the best choice. The Bears, this crosswords that they're on is unlike anything we've ever seen. And they've got a lot of different coaches that possibly could coach there, Harbaugh included. And they have decided to before any of those options even could consider uh travel plans to Chicago for an interview. They said, "No, nah, we're good. We're good with the Illinois." Okay. Right. 855-212-4227 talking about that. It's one of the things that occurred today. Uh he mentioned Pete Carroll, but a lot of Nick Saban trying to figure out what's exactly next for maybe for him but more so the Alabama program itself. 855
0: It's the Bart Winkler Show on CBS Sports Radio. is the Bart Winkler Show. Listen Monday through Friday, nighttime and nationwide, 10 p.m. to 2 a.m. Eastern and 7 to 10 p.m. Pacific on CBS Sports Radio. I'm Bart Sheps here. Marco on the updates. We're
1: coast to coast talking some Nick Saban tonight as he's stepping away after six national championships. He's won seven overall. Uh, I was pretending to be confused about that earlier. Remember, every night I say, I'm gonna get I'm gonna get one thing wrong to test to test the audience, and it's up to you guys to figure out what that is. This absolves me of ever making a mistake. God forbid I ever do, uh, but this absolves me of that because I did it on purpose. Eight five five two one two four two two seven. Nick Saban is out. Let's talk with Rocky in Louisiana. Hey, Rocky. Hey, how's it going?
0: Uh, yeah, Nick Saban is definitely a class act. I'm from the. Uh Bear Bryant era as well. Um, if Alabama went after Coach Kelly at LSU, what do you think the possibility of him leaving?
1: Do they want him? I don't know. Do they? Uh, they? I, do, so is, is LSU? I assume that's your team. Yes. I do. You like him? Yes. All right. So far, I haven't. I, I don't know. I think I haven't seen him like. Come up on the odds at all? I haven't. It really, is the first that anyone that I've seen suggest, uh him at all, Brian Kelly. Okay. Are you worried you're going to uh, lose him? No. No. You got to think like so. If you're so you're you're a fan of the opposition, and it's like, okay, do we celebrate that Nick Saban's gone, or are we worried that they're just going to bring in another guy? to kind of keep this machine moving. But I would have no, to think like, yeah, I got to think a lot of you guys yeah, are like, Hey, Hey, oh, good yeah. run. Way yeah. to go. But whoo, Nick Saban's gone.
0: It's, it's a brown water night for most hires. <laughs> and most of the SEC, I would imagine.
1: <laughs> all right. I like that. Right. I like, thanks thanks say, Rocky. All
0: right. Thanks for what you do. Uh,
1: brown water night. I like that. I'm going to use that one. Let's get to Taylor, who's in Myrtle Beach. Hey,
0: Taylor. Hey, um, kind of a thing about Alabama after Nick Saban. Do you think they might go back to – I don't want to say that they'd be, like, mediocre, but do you think they'll go back to, like, the whole, like, Mike Shula-type days, or are they going to go on and take somebody like, say, a Dabo or Kirby Smart or, you know, like one of those more already, like, accomplished coaches?
1: Well, I think it's very possible that you might get a coach that was in the playoffs bolting for uh, Alabama, like Kelly DeBoer or Kalen DeBoer. His name is coming up from Washington. You're getting, um, yeah, Dabo's name is coming up. You're getting Dan Lanning with Oregon, whose name is coming up. Now that Alabama, like Alabama is an attractive job and they would be replacing a legend but what better sport to do that in college than in college football where egos know no bounds. And I don't think anybody's going to come in here and be like, oh, what if I don't live up to Nick Saban standards? People are whoever's, whoever's the next coach at Alabama, I promise you, will think, he only won six. I'm going to win seven. Like, okay, man, I mean, win seven games first. But that's the kind of mentality these guys have. So I think, like, that's been the interesting thing about Alabama. And that's what I wonder is there's been periods of time where they haven't been good. And when they have been good, it's basically because of some elite coaches that have ever been on the sidelines in the sport. Uh, But I think very, very much, I think they're going to be eager to get a guy who is right at the top. And what they can do here, what they can use is because it's Alabama with the last 20 years of success, it's the SEC, it's the big conference. Like even if like like the SEC and the Big Ten are kind of the – the main dogs now, but anybody else, if it's Mike Nervell at Florida state, this is an upgrade for him. If it's anybody in the big 12, uh, this is an upgrade for them. And then I think big 10 schools, even like an Oregon or a Washington, you know, schools that are joining now, they could still look at it and say, this is still a better position for me to be in. I will have more resources. I get the full piece of the TV pie instead of just fractionally for the next handful of years. So yeah, this is. I, I would. I would more think they're going to get like one of these top five coaches than uh, some guy who's maybe not going to bring you or Alabama like some sustained success. I think they will. I think they basically can hire whoever they want. Yeah,
0: that's true. I mean, they do that shit a lot of money. But, they have a lot, a lot of money.
1: Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. They got a, a lot of money. All right. They are, thank you for the call. Eight five five two one two four two two seven eight five five two one two for CBS. Again, if you look at the uh names that are just projected, just odds makers. I mean, these odds get rushed out right away, and we know what odds are. It's to get you to like, hey, I'll put some money on that. Like uh Greg McElroy's a hundred to one odds. He's not coaching here. Pete Carroll, eighty to one. Pete Carroll is not going to be the next head coach at Alabama. Okay? Uh, Brian Dable, 75 to one, Haha Clinton Dix, 75 to one. So some of these odds are just like, Hey, do you got five bucks? You want to just give us, you could, you could win 700, but you have to bet on haha Clinton dicks to do it. But the top names are the top names for a reason. Cause there's either connections to Alabama or they are somebody that can keep this train rolling with as competitive as college football is now especially in the sec in the big 10 and especially with the player empowerment that is happening where guys can choose and get, you know, lucrative deals to be a part of a university. This is, this is an attractive job. And I think you will walk away with one of these top coaches. Dan Lanning is at the top. Dabo Sweeney, Lane Kiffin, Kalen DeBoer, Pat Shermer, OC at Colorado, urban Myers name's going to come up. I don't think they go down that well, but Mike Norvelt, Ryan Day, I mean, who knows, Marcus Freeman and Notre Dame. That could be a jump because that's the thing. If you think of the top programs as level, Alabama right now is still, it's the top job. It'll be interesting. Eight five five two one two four two two seven. 4227 More from you coming up.